We're glad you're here. We hope you feel the presence of God more than anything. And then when you leave, you might not remember us, but you know you've been in the presence of the living God. Amen. That's all we, all we hope for. If you get your Bibles open to the book of Joshua chapter 4, uh, I want to preach a Memorial Day message, and I want to title it, A Living Memorial. A Living Memorial. We had a great first service and uh, a great uh, turnout and a great response to this message. I'm excited about what the Lord has put on my heart because as you think about Memorial Day weekend, uh, unfortunately, just like anything in our lives, we celebrate a lot of things and we look at it just as another holiday or another day off from work. And uh, we don't really think about what, what it really means and uh, that can happen to us in the gospel as well. We can do a lot of things um, out, of, out of habit, we can do a lot of things out of religion, we can do a lot of things out of practice. But like Brian said so well at the offering, if we don't do it with belief, if we don't do it with the right heart, it's meaningless. Amen? And so I want to talk to this morning about us being, us personally being a living memorial. Paul the Apostle got this right. He had a revelation from God, and I want to challenge us all to think about this this morning. Ask ourselves if we can say these words, if we can say this statement. And if you can, I want to tell you that God is doing something great in your heart. You're in, a, in the right place. You might not be perfect. You might have it all together, but your heart's in the right place. If you can say what Paul said, he, in Philippians chapter 1, I'm not going to have you turn there. It's a short verse, verse 21. He said, for me to live is Christ. I mean, you've heard this verse. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Now, how many know to anybody in their right mind that's, that's carnal or just understands this life, that doesn't make any sense. But Paul had an understanding that I want you to understand this morning that he was just passing through. He wasn't, he wasn't made for this world. He was just passing through, and he had that understanding. He got to a place where he actually said, I am a drink offering poured out for God. If we could get to a place where we would realize that it's not about us. You know those people that died for our country? Those people who gave their lives, they at some point in some moments had a revelation and said, this isn't about me. This is about my country. This is about, like John said, my children and my children's children. How much more, church, should we have the attitude of that soldier of Christ for the kingdom of God? If, if soldiers would die for their country, how much more should a Christian die for Jesus and be willing to give our lives for the Lord? And so that's something we should be able to say. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now Jesus, does anybody know that name? Jesus said in John 15, 13, the, some powerful words. He said, greater love has no one than one who lays down his life for his friends. Now, if you're not somebody who knows how to honor somebody, you need to learn. Amen. And sometimes our priorities are in the wrong place. Sometimes we can clap for an athlete or clap for a singer or clap for a politician or a president. But then when we talk about the king, we don't, we don't clap very hard. Amen? I want us to do something this morning. I know you got your notebooks out, your Bibles open, but I want you to stand up this morning. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is worthy of a standing ovation, I want us to give the king of kings and the Lord of lords the greatest praise you can the greatest shouts you can, the greatest applause you can, because this is not for a man, this is for the king, amen? Come on, let's put our hands together. 
and thank him for the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. Come on, give him your best. Give him your best. We bless you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Receive the glory. Receive the honor, Father. You have done great things, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. As you sit down this morning, tell the person next to you, Jesus is alive. And he's worthy of your praise. Amen. I want to get to Joshua chapter 4. Give honor where honor is due. Amen. Now, if we talk about Jesus this morning, if we talk about, sorry, a soldier giving his life or even a Christian giving their life for the gospel, how much should we celebrate what Jesus did for us? He said, no greater love does somebody have that they would lay down their life for a friend. But you know what the most amazing thing about the gospel is? Is a lot of people aren't friends of Jesus. Matter of fact, there's a lot of enemies of Jesus. Enemies of the cross. And here's the crazy thing. People who blaspheme. People who say, I don't believe in God or curse God with their fists. You know that same person that curses God and, and blasphemes God? Jesus still died for him on the cross and shed his blood for him on the cross and said, I love you no matter what, whether you love me or not, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Just like people, amen, who stomp on the flag. Just like people who don't respect our country. Just like people who don't appreciate the lives that died, those people still died. Jesus gave his life whether you believe in him or not. And he loved you as he did it, amen? No greater love. Now think about the word memorials. We're talking about a living memorial. The word memorial is this. Something, especially a structure, to remind people of a person or an event. That's what a memorial is. It's a structure, a plaque, something to remind. Just that's what a gravestone is. Do you realize that's what, why we do gravestones? We do gravestones so that when that body is in the, in the ground, someone can go to a funeral or to a cemetery and see the name and see the years that they lived so they would be remembered. So a memorial is a structure or something especially to remind people of a person or an event. I want you to get your minds this morning on what a living memorial is. And we're going to see it here in a moment. A living memorial for us this morning is being a person who reminds another person about a person or an event. And what is that person and what is that event? Does anybody know the name of that person? Can anybody shout that name? Does anybody know what the event was? The death on the cross and the resurrection from the dead. Amen? And so we are living memorials this morning. Come on, church. Help me out. We are living memorials. That is God's plan for us to live a life that we would remind others of what Jesus did on the cross for us. That's the, that's the key. You say, what is my purpose on earth? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? That's the answer. That's the answer. Amen? Let's get into Joshua chapter 4. As you get there, I remember, I mentioned this in the first service, as I was in Costa Rica and Carla and I were missionaries, I had met many, many years ago when I was growing up as a teenager a, 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 a man of God who I greatly admired. This is before I even got saved. I always admired him. He was an older gentleman. When I met him, he would have been in his 60s, maybe his 70s. And he was a preacher, and he had been a missionary. And when we went to Costa Rica, we started to attend a church, and I remember seeing his name on a plaque at the church that we went to. It said, In, in Memoriam of Richard 
Jeffords. I was so blessed to know this man. Carl and I were able to go to his funeral many, many years ago, probably in the beginning of our marriage. And this man was, died in his 80s in a, in a tragic car accident, a very bad car accident. That's where you realize how the just falls, or, or the rain just falls on the just and the unjust. Didn't make any sense for him to die the way he died, but he died in a tragic car accident. We went to his funeral, but this man that they had the memoriam from in that building, that he started that church, started 122 churches by himself in Central America. Costa Rica, El Salvador, there's a possibility in El Salvador, there's churches by him, Panama, Nicaragua, Guatemala. He started 122 churches funded by a miracle recipe that God gave him. He could take a, I have a silver ring on, but he could take a gold ring. Someone could give him a gold ring, and he could multiply that gold ring into the gold of more gold. It was a recipe that God gave him, real gold. He would be able to multiply gold from gold. And I remember hearing stories. My dad would tell me, then he would come and tell stories. And, and, and I remember him at one time, he made a Ping golf club for, the, for Mr. Ping, the owner of Ping Golf Clubs, and had it gold-plated. And he multiplied that gold. And so that's how he funded the gospel, by this recipe of how to multiply gold. How many would like to know what the recipe is this morning? So did his son, but he said, it's dying with me. God said, I'm not, God told him, you're not allowed to give it to anybody else. It was for you. But that memorial will always be there. We'll always remember him because it was a, a structure to remind us of the people or of a person or of an event. And so that's, that's what we're talking about this morning, being a living memorial. Let's look at Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. It says, and it came to pass when all the people had completely, and if you take notes and you, write, and you uh, uh, underline in your Bible or you, or you highlight, I want you to highlight this, completely crossed over the Jordan. Completely crossed over the Jordan. This is very important for us this morning. You might not know it this morning, but if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you are saved this morning, you have crossed over the Jordan. The Jordan is symbolic of a, a life of sin, a life of problems, a life of slavery. It is an obstacle in front of us that God wants us to get over. And you, before you met Jesus, you were on this side of the Jordan. On the other side of the Jordan is eternal life. On the other side of the Jordan is health. On the other side of the Jordan is freedom and salvation and, and joy and peace. But on this side of the Jordan is where many people are today. Amen. And the, the Bible tells us that, he says, when they had completely crossed over that Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, take for yourself 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Does anybody now watch? I want to I want to remind you this morning. What is the Old Testament? What is the Old Testament to the New Testament? The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Okay, in case you're here, you're new, you've never heard that. Get this again. This make, this makes so much sense because a lot of people don't understand the Bible or they don't understand the Old Testament. They think, oh, it's old because it's called old. They think it's old, like old people. And old people don't know anything young people think. 
Until you get old, then you realize that the old people knew a lot of people. Then you're not young anymore. You're old, and it's too late. So if you're young this morning, understand that old people know what they're talking about. Can I get an amen? The quicker you figure that out, the better life you're going to have. So the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so things in the Old Testament point to the New Testament. And the New Testament fulfills the Old Testament. So as you think of a story about crossing the Jordan, there's so many types in this book. There's so many types in this story. Learn as you read the Old Testament to see things in the New Testament. It said crossing over the Jordan. An example here where it says, I want you to carry uh, them over with you and leave them. How many know the Bible says that we're supposed to carry what? In the New Testament, what are we supposed to carry? Come on, somebody. The cross. We're supposed to carry our cross. He says, if anybody wants to follow me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, carry it, and follow me. Amen? And so we carry that over. These stones carried over. There's types there. And it says, then Joshua called the 12 men who he had appointed from the children of Israel. So amazing, John was talking about children this morning. One man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And take each one of you a stone upon his shoulder. Now the picture that we're seeing here is the Jordan River at its lowest place was 50 feet deep. At its lowest place. And at some places was 200 feet deep. If it was flooded, it was over 200 feet deep. We don't know exactly where they crossed, but how many know if they crossed at the shortest place? 50 feet is deep. Some of you swam in pools that are 12 feet deep. That's deep. 50 feet is very deep. And what God did is very symbolic and very similar to what Moses did with the Red Sea. They got to this Jordan. They were coming out of slavery. They were coming out of, of, of their past and going into the promised land. And God said, if you will do what I say and you will obey me, I will take you through the Jordan. I will help you to cross over to the other side. And this is a picture for us. And he parted that Jordan's, Jordan River, and they went across on dry land, and the Bible says they picked up a stone from the bottom of the river. And they carried it across, and they took it to where they were going to lodge. We're, we're, it's a picture for us this morning, church, that God is wanting to take us over from this life into the next life, to eternal life with him. And he's wanting us to take that cross with us. And the only thing that's going to give us entrance into heaven, to that place of lodging, to that place of peace, to that place of rest, is Jesus. Amen. No, he's the password this morning. Amen. The blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, Calvary, is our entrance into heaven. And the Bible says that there's going to be people that are going to try to get over the Jordan and get into the promised land by other names. They're going to try to get in through other things. And the Bible says there's only one name written under heaven by which men can be saved, and it is the name of Jesus. Amen? And so our job is to be a living memorial this morning and to tell people about an event and remind them of a person named Jesus. And as we go through the Jordan and we're crossing over to the other side, that is our job. That is our call. He says... Verse, continuing to verse 5, he says, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Watch this. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask. Time to come. Saying, what do these stones mean to you? 
I could preach a message this morning saying, what do these stones mean to you? Amen. What do they mean to you? And that meant something for them. It meant their history. It meant what God did for them. How many of you know every single one of us have stones in our lives that we know what they mean to us? They might not mean anything to anybody else, but they mean something to me. They mean something to you. Have you ever seen somebody who collects rocks? They're not very exciting. Rocks are not very exciting, but you know what? The person who collects those rocks, they're very exciting to them. Because they picked them up at a certain place. They picked them up at a certain destination. There was a certain memory tied to it. And, the, and, and today, they would see those rocks, and those rocks wouldn't mean anything to somebody else. But to you and I, they mean something. What do those stones mean to you? What does Jesus mean to you? The problem is you can't ask your mom and dad what Jesus means to you. You can't ask your spouse or your kids, what does Jesus mean to you? You have to answer the question for yourself, what does Jesus mean to you? Who is Jesus to you? Amen. And that's a question all of us have to answer this morning. He says, what I'm doing, this will be a sign. What do these stones mean to you? Verse 7, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. I think of that right there. It says that the, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. I think of the verse where Jesus said that he has disarmed every principality. When he went to that cross, he disarmed every principality. Does anybody know this morning that Jesus has disarmed and cut off every strategy of the devil against your life this morning? And there is nothing that the devil can bring against you, say against you, do against you that has merit because Jesus cut it off. Amen. He cut it off. And you need to cut yourself off from that past life. There is no reason to go back to the other side of the Jordan again. But unfortunately today, church, how many know and how many know we know people? that have crossed over to the Jordan, other side, and today they're back on the other side. God opens up the door. Here's the crazy thing about a backslider. God opens up the door for us to be saved and go into the Jordan, through the Jordan, to the other side. But to get back to our old selves, we have to swim. He doesn't open up the door for us to go back. Do you realize how, how much easier it is to get to the other side of the Jordan than to go back? It's hard for a backslider to get back there. When God opens the door, the Bible says he's the door. And he's the gatekeeper. And he's the only way in. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so he opens the door up called grace. It says, I don't care what you've done, what you've said, where you've been, who you've been with. I'll let you in if you put your faith in what I did on the cross. And you can cross right over to the other side. Just come on over. It's free. There's no water's going to touch you. Just come on over. Just come on through, and he lets us through. But when we backslide, the river's flowing again. we got to swim across it. we got to go back through all that old stuff, and it's a, it's a chore to get back to the other side. People do. Why would you want to go back? Why is there anything in your life that you would want to go back to when you have tasted and seen that he is good? I'm not going back. Has anybody else in here decided that you're not going back? There's nothing to go back to, amen? There is no past, no delight, no, no sin that I want to go back to. God has brought me out. And so it says the water, they crossed over, the waters were shut off, and he says these stones shall be, stay with me here, a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Verse 8, and the children of Israel did so. 
Can you tell the person closest to you, just listen to what God says? Can you just tell them that? I'm going to make you talk a little bit more. Don't spit on nobody, okay? Just tell, say, say, guess what? Tell them that. Guess what? You'll make it with God if you'll just obey. That's good. That's good. Good word right there. Half your battle serving God is just doing what he says. Don't ask him why, God. Why do we gotta go? Why do we gotta go through the Jordan? Can't we go around it? Can't we go over it? Can't we go another way? Don't ask questions. Just do it. A lot of people stay in the wilderness because they ask too many questions. God's not asking for our opinion. He's looking for our obedience. Am I talking to anybody in here this morning that wants to be an overcomer, that wants to make it for God, that wants to do something with your life? If you want to make it for God, stop asking so many questions and say, yes, Lord. God doesn't have to explain himself to you. Amen. We just need to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Just do it. Some of y'all are like, I can't do that. It's just so hard for me. Well, you're never going to do anything for God. You have to get to a place where you say, God, I'll do it. Now watch what Joshua says. Just as Joshua commanded. And I got news for you. God uses people. I ain't doing nothing until God speaks to me. Well, you might be listening for a long time because he's going to speak through people. He's going to use a voice. He's going to use a person. He's using a preacher right now. He's using a pastor to speak to you right now. He'll even use a donkey sometimes, and you might be the donkey. Amen. Woo. Some people say, use me, Lord. God says, I will. You're a donkey, you're a mule, and I'm going to use you. Amen. Not because you look like a donkey, but because you act like one. Come on, don't shout me down. I'm not talking to anybody in here. No one's ever like that. I know. And they took up the 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord has spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the place where they were lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. Watch this. And they're there to this day. See, what you want to be is the person who's able to look back and say, and I have served God till this day. Don't you want to be that person? Isn't it better to say, you know what, I've had some struggles, I've had some troubles, I've had some trials, I've had some problems, but I'm still serving God today, instead of being the one that says, well, you know, I messed up here, and I didn't listen there, and I messed up over here, and I messed up over there. Isn't it better to say, I'm, and I'm still serving God today? I'm still standing today. I'm still here today, amen. I might have some bruises, I might have some cuts, I might have some losses, but I'm still standing. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them Go to Matthew chapter 7, would you, please? Here's the meat of the message. I'm only talking to certain people here today. You're the only one who knows if you're him or her. I'm talking to people who want to be a living memorial. If you don't want to be a living memorial, I'm not talking to you. Just go ahead and shut me down now. Start thinking about what you're going to eat later or keep thinking like you've been thinking. But I'm talking to people here who want to be overcomers and be a living memorial. You want your life to mean something. When you stand before God, you want your life to have been a memorial. What is a memorial again? Something, a structure, something that reminds other people about a person or an event. Paul understood, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What he was saying is, I don't care about my life anymore. 
I don't, I don't care about the glory. I don't care about the accolades. I don't care about certificates. I, don't care. I just want Jesus to be known. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save your soul. I mean, heard that song. Is anybody that person? I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save their soul. But Jesus says, to be able to be a living memorial, I need you to have fruit. I need you to bear fruit. He says, you will know them by their words. Not what it says? That's what, it seems, that's what most people are so good at, right? Talking. Talk is cheap. Well, I've said this, and I've done that, and I've been here, and I've been there. Amen. You know what? I do what makes I'm serious. I've, I've said this for a long time. It's been coming. I, I cannot stand to talk to somebody who's a believer, and all they do is talk about the stories from 20 years ago, about the things they did, places they went. I want to know what you're doing now. What have you done this week? That what you did back then is great, but if you're not doing anything this week, what good is that 20 years ago? Come on, somebody, don't shout me down. We, he needs fruit. He needs, he needs action. He needs people to live a life that is not talking but doing. That's why it says faith without works is dead. He says, do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So even so, every good, fruit, every good tree bears what? Good fruit. And a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every And here, here's why this is serious. Here's why well, I'm not talking to just anybody this morning. I'm talking to overcomers and believers and soldiers who understand Paul's words. I, I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. He says, anyone whose tree does not bear good fruit is cut down, cut off, and thrown into the fire. Amen. That's a serious thought. So I need to become a living memorial. I, I can't wait till I'm dead to, for this all to come out. I got I to gotta die now. I got to die to Jesus now. I got to say, Lord, I'm, you're everything, and everything that you need from me is now. I, too many people say, when I get older. Don't a lot of people, when I, you know, we say that when we're young. It's funny. We say that when we're young. We say, Lord, when I get older, I'll do something for you. And then he says in his word, take advantage of youth. You might know a little something. Because the older you get, the more calculated you get. The older you get, the less risks you take. And so you've got to take advantage of your youth, Timothy said. He says, take advantage of the fact that you're young. So we've got to bear fruit now. We can't wait till later. We've got to die to ourselves now. And he says this, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So it's not waving a certificate or talking about what I did. They'll know by looking at you. Are you, are you here? A living memorial is somebody looking at your life and seeing fruit in your life. You don't have to tell them what you did or what you do. They see it. It's evident. Has anybody ever had a product sold to them? Has anybody ever had somebody come to you by sales and sell you something? Stay with me. And the person who's selling you that product, and I'm not going to use any examples. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. The person selling you that product does not look like they use the product. 
I'm not giving any examples. There's several I could use. I'm not going to do that. But does anybody know what I'm talking about? This is a great product. This will change your life. This will do this, 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 that, and the other. And you're looking at me saying, well, it ain't working on you. Just being real. Come on. And they want you to buy that product. The problem, stay with me, the problem is a lot of, I'm not trying to be mean or critical this morning. This is the truth. A lot of Christians talk the talk but don't walk the walk. And so they want people, watch this, they, they, they're like, you know what? He who wins souls is wise. I need to tell people about Jesus. I need to be a witness. I need to tell, I know I'm supposed to do that. I want to have fruit. So they'll go try and run and try to find some fruit real fast. Guess what? Fruit don't grow fast. You can't, it, fruit, the only thing that grows fast is imitation. Seedless watermelon don't have a seed. Don't produce itself. Did y'all, y'all catch that maybe later in the week? A great pastor friend of mine who passed away who preached a message one time on seedless watermelon. Tastes good, look good, but it doesn't reproduce itself. So we can want to do all these things for the Lord, but the problem is a lot of people say, I know I need to preach the gospel, I know I need to witness. They don't really believe it themselves. How many know if you don't believe in the product, you're not going to sell it? Not only are you not going to sell it, they're not going to buy it because they're going to look at you and they're going to say, it ain't working for you. But if we are living memorials and we are dying to ourselves and we are living what we're preaching and we believe it, we're going to go sell. Does anybody know, by, by the way, that we are talking about the product, the number one product in the world? The product that heals, delivers, sets free, saves, satisfies, and does everything you could possibly need in your life and answers every question you could possibly have and fixes every problem you could be going through and breaks down every door that needs to be broken and breaks chains that need to be broken. We're talking about the greatest product ever, the antivirus, the healer, the vaccine, the antidote, everything. And his name is Jesus. Do you realize we have that product today? Do you realize that at your free disposal today with no purchase necessary? How many like that when you hear that on TV? That's a scam, ain't it? Well, I'm not giving you a scam. That's the truth. How many know when they say no purchase necessary, nothing's free? But the gospel is. The gospel is actually free. But you get it. As soon as you get it and you get saved, then, then, you, then the works start. Fruits of righteousness, self-sacrifice, dying to yourself, but but to receive it, it's free. We We have a gift this morning that is priceless and it's free. And God wants us to give it away. But listen, if I don't become a living memorial, nobody's gonna want it. Let's close in 1 Peter chapter 2. Go there with me, please. 1 Peter chapter 2. How many are still here? Coming to him as a living stone. Here's the cool thing. I talked about in the beginning about stones and Joshua. I'm talking about a living memorial. Guess what the Bible calls you and me? Living stones. Not dead stones. Living stones. So in the Old Testament, they took that stone and just sat it there and looked at it. God says, I want you to be a living stone. He says, rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious. Amen. Chosen by God and precious. You also as what? 
living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He says, therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes, watch this, he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Amen. Can I get a better amen? That was a golf amen. He who believes in me by will no means be put to shame. Does anybody in here believe in Jesus? That means you're never going to be put to shame. Amen. That means the devil can lie to you and accuse you, but Jesus says, no, I got him. I got her. I bought him. I bought her with the precious blood of my body. Amen. Therefore, you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected becomes the, the chief cornerstone. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. You realize that we have a product that is a solve all, but it's also an offend all. We have to mature enough to understand that this morning. The Bible tells us that we will be hated for his name's sake. That means you can't be friends with everybody. That means everybody's not going to be your friend. Don't let Facebook fool you. You don't have that many friends. Amen. It's the truth. We got to understand that we're going to be rejected. We're going to be looked down upon. We're going to be even hated. If we preach God's word the way it is and live the way it's supposed to be lived, we're going to be an offense to some people. But watch this. Stay with me. Verse 10 or 9. This is so powerful. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Is anybody in here know that you were called out of darkness? And are now in the light. That, that right there should make us shout and be excited. You don't have to do it. You missed your chance. But you sh that should make you shout and be excited. Amen. I'm not a cheerleader. Amen. We should get excited about the word of God by when we hear it. When I think about the darkness that I was in and the light that I'm in now. I don't need nobody to prod me. I don't need nobody to be my cheerleader. I, I'm all, I can do it all by myself. I thank God that he has taken me out of darkness and brought me into light. So I'm going to be a living memorial for him so people will be reminded who Jesus is and what Jesus did. But who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. That, what does that mean? It means before you meet Jesus, you're a nobody. If Michael Jordan doesn't know Jesus, he's a nobody. If Beyonce doesn't know Jesus, she's a nobody. If Michael Jackson didn't know Jesus, he's, he's in hell right now. He's a nobody. Are you following me? People who don't know Jesus are nobodies. They may be known on this earth, but they're nobodies in, heaven, in hell. But a lot of people aren't known on this earth by anybody, but they're known in heaven. Amen. Their name is written down in glory. How many are thankful that you might not be a known person here? But you're known up there. He says, those who were not a people are now a people of God who have obtained mercy. 
people who had not obtained mercy have now obtained mercy. Ask me this, Pastor, how do I do it? Ask me, how do I do it? This last verse tells us, verse 11, Beloved, I beg you, sojourners and pilgrims, what he's saying is you're not of this world. Stop loving this world. Stop loving this world. Abstain from fleshly lusts. Watch this. Which war against your soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, do, evildoers and they will, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. By your good works. Right before we pray, I'm going to give you a, a statement that I've heard my whole life that I believe. I, I believe all, with all my heart we should preach like I'm preaching. We should talk and witness and pass out tracts and tell people Jesus loves them. But the greatest witness is this. I heard this a bunch of years ago. This evangelist said it, and I believe it. He said, he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. And whenever necessary, use words. Your words are not going to change anybody. Your life is going to change somebody. They need to see with their eyes the fruit living in your life. They need to see that you believe what you're preaching to them. And we need to get to a place that we're living as living memorials, and people look at our lives and they say, listen, I don't know what you have, but I want it. I said in the first service, think about this. This is the last thing I'm going to say. When you think about selling a product, how many know if you have a good product and the product is, is believable and, you, and, it, and it's actually happening in your life, you don't have to sell it. People will come up and ask you where you got it. Say, where'd you get that? Where'd you buy that? Ooh, I like that. Where'd you get that? If we're living memorials this morning, people will come up to us and they'll say, where'd you get that? Where, why are you, who, who, what do you have that I don't have? There's something you have. You have got a peace that I don't have. There's a joy in you that I don't have. There's a resolve in you that I don't have. What is it that you have? And they will come and ask us. Go into the world and preach the gospel. And whenever necessary, use words. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I cannot speak for anybody else. I can't even speak for my wife and my kids. I can only speak for me. I want to be a living memorial. I want to be a holy sacrifice unto you, Jesus. Father, I just want to obey you. I just want to listen to your word and say, yes, God. Father, I understand that the reason I'm here today is because millions of men and women have given their lives sacrificially and were poured out as drink offerings so that the gospel could come to me today and I could go from darkness into your marvelous light. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed in reverence to the Lord this morning, please just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because no matter who you are, no matter where you came from this morning, the Holy Spirit has something to say to you right now. He's going to speak to you right now. Just listen to his voice. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. If you'll open the door, he'll come in. How many in this place this morning that are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit would say, Pastor, I don't know the Jesus that you're talking about. I've heard of him. 
I even, I even believe that he is real and exists, but I don't know him. I don't have a relationship with him. I've never been born again. I've never put my faith in him. If I were to die today, I would pass into eternity without Jesus, and I would, I would not have a ticket. I would not have a, a way to get into heaven. I would not have the password. How many would be honest? Maybe you're watching online. How many would be honest in this place all over? As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you'd say, I need that Jesus this morning. I want you just to lift up your hand, put it right back down, all over this place. All over. I'm going to wait just a moment. I need that Jesus you're talking about. Never made that decision. That's what this church is here for. We're here to be a lighthouse. We're here to be an example. We're here to give the opportunity for you to know Jesus. It's the only reason we want to be here is that you would know Jesus. I want to wait just a few more seconds. You might be saying, I don't know. Am I saved? Am I not saved? Am I right? Am I not right? The Bible says that we're not saved by our works, just by faith, lest anybody could boast. Can't be good enough. You'll never be good enough. You might be here and you're saying, man, you don't know my past. You don't know the mistakes I've made. I've made so many mistakes. Doesn't matter. He'll forgive you. There's nothing he won't forgive. There's nobody he won't, he won't come down and pick you up off the ground. No matter what you've done, he'll forgive you. You're not too far gone. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. How many? Come on, that's me. I need Jesus. I've never said that prayer. Once you walk out of these doors today, you might walk into eternity. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable day of the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning. And you have crossed over the Jordan, and you have known what it is to live for Jesus. But today, you're back on the other side again. You're living in disobedience. You're living in sin. You're, you're not living the life God has called you to live. And today, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. You want to get back on, on the right side. God sees your heart this morning, if that's you. And he would say, Pastor, pray for me. That's me. You're talking to me. I need to get back on the other side. Man. God is the one who weighs the intentions of our hearts this morning. I'm challenging you this morning as we stand. If you just stand and please don't talk or move around. Just stay in this presence of the Lord this morning because this is a message that God's going to bring fruit from. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna bring fruit out of this, I'm telling you. Some people today, I believe some people today are going to make some real decisions. I am going to be a living memorial for God. I'm going to do everything that I can to, to represent who Jesus is in my life, and I'm just going to obey him. We're going to open up the altars. Remember, we're still practicing social distancing. There's plenty of room at the altar. You can turn around at your chair. But I want to challenge everyone in here to look inside. Check yourself. I don't know if you're bearing fruit or not. Only you know. But it should be visible. It should be visible. You should see it on the outside of that person. They should be able to see there's something you've got that I don't have. So as we open up these altars and begin to sing a song, take the challenge. God wants to do great things in your life, but you've got to become a living memorial. As we sing, the altars are open this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.
just right where you're at just talk to God tell him to search your hearts tell him to look inside Jesus is there fruit in my life do I really believe do I really believe what I preach do I really believe what I say oh sing with me how great oh just spend some time with God Just spend some time with God this morning. Talk to Him.